Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole, the Iceman. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Cincinnati Reds, the original professional baseball team. Now do me a favor, if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I am all the way up to 1,096 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, this is a little special episode I'm doing today. And I have one of the Reds broadcasters. He's been a Reds broadcaster since ah, as long as I can remember. Former Red, he's known as the Crafty Lefty. I think, if I might be wrong on this, Marty Brandman used to call him the Creeper. I have to ask you, but he's none other than Chris Welch. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, and I got to tell you, thank me for having you. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, this is my 29th year as a Reds broadcaster, and um, after 29 years. I'm going to correct your spelling of my last name. Oh, no. I spelled it wrong? Oh. How do you spell well, it? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you look it up and figure it out, okay? Oh, my goodness. I'll have to. <laughs> hey, everybody has an error every once in a while, and you led the game off with an error here today. Oh, that's that's not – well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the Reds defense here uh, as of late. You lead the game off with an error. <laughs> Are you not turning red on me, are you? <laughs> I'm always red. <laughs> I saw strawberry ice. <laughs> all right, no problem at all. Hey, they well, misspelled it on the Dodger on the Dodger Stadium scoreboard before, so well, uh, you're in good company. My, my apology. My, my last name's Trenopole, so if anybody they get that spelled wrong all the time, so I don't know how how the heck I spelled uh, well, it wrong. We're, we're kind of the same then. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's get into this. You uh. <laughs> You've been a Reds broadcaster, I think, since '93. Is that is that right? Is that when you started? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. It was you, you and George Grand, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, listening to you guys. And you two, did you? Am I correct? You were the longest TV broadcasting duo for the Reds. Is that correct? Yeah, well? we were there for 17 years together. Uh, How old are you, by the way? I am 46. Okay, 46. So you know, you you, you were old enough to probably remember back those days when, oh, uh, yeah. when George Grand and I basically. Uh, we were doing games on uh, Channel 5, Yep. Uh, and then we were doing games on Sports Channel Sports Ohio, Channel. which mm -hmm. was the predecessor of Fox Sports Ohio, and then, of course, uh, uh, Bally Bailey's, Sports Bally's. is what we are now. Yeah, yeah, I remember Sports Channel because not everybody got it, so that yeah. was my high school year, so I had, to, if I wanted to watch, and they had a ton of games on, you know, they had, the Sports Channel had a whole bunch of games on. If I wanted to watch them, I had to go over to my grandparents' house and watch, watch it so I could watch the Reds, which I I love going to my grandparents' house, so it was no problem. But that was well, that was the beginnings of, of Sports Channel. It wasn't every, it wasn't everywhere. So yeah, I watch you on Channel Five. Like you actually do uh, a lot of you, well, not always a lot, but you've done some radio broadcasts as well. Over the years, I've done some radio. I'm back doing radio a little bit more this year. I've got about 35 or so radio games planned. Uh, I've got some pre and post game stuff this year, and also some regular TV stuff. So I'm kind of the uh, utility infielder here, right? Right. I, they they got you doing everything because I I know you're doing the pre and post game stuff and that stuff. I think it's the first time I've seen you do. I mean, I know you did it uh, when the Reds were in the playoffs when they didn't have the games or whatever. You guys didn't broadcast, but you do 
the post game uh, after the playoff game. That, that's the only time I remember you ever doing that. Did, have you done it before? Or is this the first time this year? Oh no, I've done it before. You always fill in, and and uh, it's just one of those things that uh, when they brought uh, an extra broadcaster in this year, they were lucky enough to get Barry Larkin to come in and do a bunch of games. So yeah, uh, they wanted to divide up the work around a little bit. So you know, you do what you can. Uh, all we're trying to do is bring good baseball to uh, that your television set inside your home. And uh, I'm willing to do just about anything because I love being around the Reds. I love baseball, and uh, it's a dream job. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about uh, calling the game yesterday. That was a freaking blowout, fourteen to one. <laughs> I thought Nyquin's uh, home run. I thought it was going to go hit the river if it didn't hit the uh, foul pole. It probably would have. <laughs> you had that, then you had uh, Miley's no hitter uh, Friday night. I mean, it's it's been a, a pretty fun couple of days here. I would think the broadcast the Reds games. It's been a real uh, interesting year. Uh, I mean, they got off to a great start. Their offense is really great, especially at home. Uh, they've been shut down a little bit on the road, but they've also uh, already got some of their West Coast trips out of the way. So, you know, they don't have to go back to Arizona. They don't have to go back and play the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. That's all done. And, uh, of course, they'll go to Colorado at the end of this road trip after they leave Pittsburgh. But it's been a really fun year. This is a great group of guys. You know, the one thing I really miss about this year is that we don't get to get down on the field and talk to these guys or get in the clubhouse and talk to them. And I love to, you know, I don't know Tyler Naquin. Uh, and, you know, I've been on Zoom call interviews with him and so on, but that's not the same right. uh, as getting down there and actually talking to him. So um, hopefully that'll change. Maybe in the second half of the year, we'll give you some more inside scoop that way. Hopefully. Now, are you guys, when you do the road games, are you actually traveling with the team or are you guys still do it broadcasting from Cincinnati? No, we're broadcasting from Cincinnati. Right now, I don't think there are any television broadcasters that are traveling with the team. Now, the radio broadcasters did go to Cleveland and they are driving to Pittsburgh from Cleveland. And so they'll be there. But when they do the Colorado games, they'll be back at Cincinnati doing those games from the radio booth at the Great American Ballpark. So uh, there there are no plans yet to travel broadcasters around. I think it will be up to the individual team. Uh, but it also depends, of course, on the municipality. Uh, if right. the state of Ohio allows it, right. if, the state, if the city of Cincinnati, Hamilton County, you know, uh, the rules could be different when you go to New York or Miami or Atlanta, somewhere like that. So there's a lot of complications. And, you know, COVID, as you know, has changed just about everything. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's got to be, I don't know, difficult or just different to try to call a game because you're basically, you're, you're, you're us. You're watching the game on a monitor. And you're trying to call the game, which has got to be completely different from being, you know, right there in front of you and be able to smell the popcorn and the hot dogs and hear the umpire. And so I, that how different is that? Is it more diff difficult or about the same? Or? It takes a little getting used to, to be honest with you. We have three monitors on our TV uh, setup. Uh, we sit inside of a conference room, John Sadak and myself, and uh, we have a, a, a stats guy. Uh, it's usually Joel Luckup, who's a very good stats man. Anyway, uh, we have three big monitors. One shows the uh, the view that you're seeing at home. One shows what we call the high home, which is the all eight. You get the entire field, so we know if there's a shift on. Uh, we know if a guy's hugging the line. You know, we can see somebody coming out of the bullpen to come in and so on. And then the uh, the other monitor is dedicated to uh, one of the MLB research uh websites that gives us instantaneous uh, feedback on pitches, gives you speed, spin rate, um, exit velocity, launch, and things like that, so that we know immediately whether it's a ball or a strike, what kind of pitch he hit, and so on, because we miss a lot by not being at the ballpark. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Eggs of velocity and spin rate. Yeah, they never even tracked that. Uh, I think when you play, I know they. I never <laughs> heard of it. Until, was. <laughs> yeah, I, I never heard of it until the last well, probably seven years or whatever. And well, that kind of brings me to, I guess, not velocity and spin rate, but just kind of the evolution of the game and to the way analytics has been brought to the game. And and I'm to the point where I I think it's good. I don't think that you should manage or run your offense completely on that. I think you should have a mixture of the old school and the new school. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on, on that, you know, shifting and all that stuff that's going on? Well, I mean, the, the, the question is how much is the old school and how much do you use of the new school? I mean, I think every team is trying to find that right blend. I think the numbers that are coming from the analytics, uh, uh, the data machines, uh, the Edutronic machine and the Rapsodo, for instance, with pitching, Edutronic is a slow motion camera, but it certainly helps you develop your pitches uh, helps you get a good spin. Uh, your Rapsodo gives you what the spin rate is. You've got modus sleeves that go on your arm uh, to determine, you know. Are you speaking English to... right now? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you can understand me or not, but I'm trying to speak this up and I've learned. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's foreign language to me too. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think you have to learn this stuff and you have to get up with the times. Uh, I had a son who played a little minor league baseball and he was well up on this stuff. And he's teaching me, you know, as we go along, what's important and what's not. But I think that uh, you can't lose the, the, uh, the thought that baseball is being played by human beings. Right. And uh, baseball has got a heartbeat. That's what Joe Torre used to say. And don't forget mm -hmm. about that because exactly. there are certain guys in certain situations that freeze up and there are other guys in tough situations that want to be the hero. Right. And um, you're, uh, a mountain of numbers is not going to help you. And also a mountain of numbers is not going to help that batter when he's in the batter's box trying to face a guy throwing 95 and he steps out for a second and says, okay, it's a 2-1 count. Was that guy throwing slider on a 2-1 count or is he throwing fastball on a 2-1? I can't remember <laughs> what the scatter report said. You know, right. at that point, it, it gets down to the basics of baseball. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think that the analytics have been around long enough for the players that are playing now to have been brought up with them. So everything that you're seeing on the field, these guys have learned basically since they've been in the major leagues or maybe a couple of years in the minors. Yeah. I mean, I, I always go back to what Tony Perez would always say, see the ball, hit the ball. And Pete, Pete Rose always said, hit the ball right back up the middle. So, I mean, that, that to me, the, those are two pretty good philosophies from two hall of famers. Well, Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame, but you know, two hall of famers, it worked out pretty well for them. So, but uh, let's get into the Reds this year, the 2021 Reds, who are 16 and 16 right now. They got out of the gate, you know, full bore, playing great, you know, six and one. And then, like I said, we, we got go out west when they never do good out west, and they go and they lose seven in a row. We've got Luis Castillo, who's one and six. We got Eugenio Suarez, who I absolutely love. Is in my opinion. I'm starting to get worried about it because I don't know if it's a slump now because he was kind of swinging like this last year. And for me, those two guys are two key parts for this team to keep going. But they're 16 and 16. They're not out of it. I mean, what's your thoughts on how the season's been going? Well, they played uh, 32 games, right? So they've right. got they got 130 games to go. Yeah, I think it's a little early to give up on guys Ooh. who've had who've been all stars before, and they've both been all stars. Right. Um, Suarez has hit 49 home runs. Uh, he's doing a few things mechanically wrong, and I think he'll probably figure them out. I'm not sure how long it'll be, but I mean, I like the guys that have done it before. 
think mm-hmm. they're going to do it again, uh, unless there's an injury that gets in the way. And I don't think that there has been an injury to a Eugenio Suarez. So, uh, you know, you got to let him play through it. You hope it doesn't affect his defense. Uh, he plays hard all the time. His teammates like him. They're pulling for him. I think it's going to end well for him. I really do. And I think the same for Castillo. I mean, he's still throwing the ball 97 miles an hour. He's just throwing the ball too many, uh, you know, in too good of a hitting spot when right. he throws it in the strike zone. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, playing in the major leagues or really at any high level of sports is always constant adjustment. You're always trying to make an adjustment. If you're a pitcher, you're trying to stay one step ahead of the hitter and so on. And, uh, you know, everybody goes through a cold spot. So I think it's a cold spot for both of them. I'm hoping they get back on the beam and I'm pretty confident that they will. Yeah. I, I use your, your phrase all the time. And you say this on the broadcast, you know, the players usually play to the back of their baseball card. And that's why I keep saying about Gino. I was like, I know it hasn't gone gone right, but I do believe him and Castillo are going to get it straightened out. And we got, I think, the best pitching coach in baseball. So if DJ can't fi- figure it out, we might be in trouble. But I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be fine. I'm sure we're all. The, the biggest thing for me is you, you got to stay at least within striking distance at the All Star break. Right now we're only four out. Well, actually, we might be uh, closer than that. I was four out was yesterday. I didn't, I didn't look at the standings today. But we're still in striking distance. We're not, like you said, we're by, by no means are we out of this. I mean, I think this race could go down to the final couple weeks uh, of of uh, the season for to determine who's going to take this thing. I think there are a lot of teams that that feel the same way, and I don't see any one team running away from the rest of the pack. So you know, it, it's interesting. None of these teams really went out and did a whole lot in the offseason in in the Central Division. That is, so you know, I think they all feel like. The same thing you do is that, hey, you know, it's going to be very important games that they play in August and September. Right, exactly. Now, I want to get back into some of your uh, your playing career. Now, uh, you got to to be managed by, like I said, I believe this, and I, I I know you believe this, Pete Rose, who should be in the Hall of Fame. What was it like having him, him as, uh, well, actually, he ended up being your last manager, I think, because you ended up, uh, 86 was your last year. Is that correct? And, yes. So, 86 your last year, and Pete Rose was your final manager. What was it like? Man, getting managed by Pete Rose. It was uh, it was surreal because I was raised in Cincinnati, and right. I was always told as a kid, you know, uh, hey, if Pete Rose can make the major leagues, you know, you guys can can hustle your way to you know high school team or yep. your college team and so on. You know, yep. Pete Rose had no talent, but look how he how much a heart he had, you know, and so on. So you know, we were told to run to first base on a base on balls. Uh, mm-hmm. We were told to hustle like crazy. Um, you know, the only thing we were allowed to do is go head, fly, head slide uh, first, uh, <laughs> just like Pete Rose, because they didn't want us to tear our uniforms up. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was great. I, I love Pete as a manager. I, I love him still. Uh, he was a great motivator. He knows the game. He was engaged in every game, every inning, every pitch, more than any other player I've ever been around. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Reds really had the personnel uh, in those days when he was a manager, although basically it was his team that ended up winning the 1990 world, you know, wire to wire. So um, I think he ought to be in the Hall of Fame. I've got a great deal of respect for him as a baseball man. And, um, you know, he's a Cincinnati guy. And that's another reason why you love him. And he's from the West Side, just like me. So that's Well, you know, (laughs) that I don't hold against him. So I got I got to ask you this and I know you've talked about this on the broadcast before and I've tried to find the video on this but there's a, a, a certain game that you threw over to first base multiple times was was that a record who's who what game was it or I mean who was it against and 
Just tell us, tell that story if you don't mind. Well, it was the first game I ever pitched as a Cincinnati Red. I got called up from uh, from Denver and uh, was pitching. So I've got my family there, my friends are there, and so on. I'm pitching against the Cardinals, and they've got a lot of speedsters on that team. Vince Coleman was the leadoff man. Mm-hmm. Willie McGee yep. was the second guy up, and, and I walked Coleman to start the game off. And then I proceeded to throw to first base 17 times while uh, Willie McGee was in the batter's box. (laughs) And there's a story recently published on, uh, I think it was uh, MLB.com. You can Google it up there and find it. You know, the the most pitches ever thrown over to first base. And uh, it was a major delay of game. I remember people were were booing me from the stands. Remember, I'm playing in Cincinnati. I think my own parents were booing me. Uh, The only people that liked me were the concessionaires. You know, they sold more beer uh, during that at bat. So. Right. Um, anyway, I, I, my philosophy as a pitcher was throw over one more time than you thought you had to. And every right. time I came to step, I'd look over there at first base and I'd look in the eyes of Vince Coleman and I would tell myself, you know what? He's going on this one. <laughs> and I'd throw over and he'd be back in time. I almost picked him off a couple of times, but as it turned out, he eventually stole second base anyway. Oh. <laughs> and uh, later in the game, he gets on again and everybody's rolling their eyes thinking, oh, here we go again. Well, I ended up picking him off that time. All right, so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I got him eventually, but uh, it was uh, – you don't see that nowadays, that's for sure. No, well, nobody steals bases anymore, so you don't you don't have – you. Don't, well, I won't say nobody, but you don't have uh, base stealers like Vince Coleman or Ricky Henderson. I mean, they're, that part of the of baseball, unfortunately, is is – is not as I won't say gone, but it's not as prevalent as as it used to be. So well, that's part yeah, of this, you know, and that's part of analytics. Analytics yeah. have figured out that if you don't steal bases at least at an eighty percent success rate, then it actually works against the, your your offense. And right. I think that's one reason why uh, teams don't do it anymore. They're being afraid of being uh, thrown out uh, because if the guy hits a home run, you want somebody on base. So I think right. that's basically the reason why. Well, you, you said this before in the broadcast too. Sometimes a solo home run. I always is a rally killer because you hit one and then, you know, okay, the next two guys go out and, you know, the inning's over. You know, people beat me up on Twitter all, all, <laughs> all over the place when I say that. And I'm going <laughs> to reluctantly say it anymore, but I've always believed that because yeah. I remember, I can't remember one big inning that I gave up as a pitcher that started with a solo home run. Right. It always yeah. starts with a, a bloop single or a walk or a double down the line, mm-hmm. you know, then a walk, and then another double, and then next thing you know, you got bases loaded, and a guy bloops one in there, and two runs score, and then there's an overthrow, right. and another run scores. But a solo home run, you think, oh, okay, they got their run, now it's time to get them out. Yeah, the other way, it's like a, a, a death of a thousand cuts, you know, a hit here, a hit here, <laughs> a single there. It's like a slow death, you know, they hit a home run, all right, let's all right, yeah. let's move on to the next, next guys and get them out. So, we talked about you uh, broadcasted for 17 years with uh, George Graham. Besides him, I would say this. Who who are your favorite guys to, to work with? I'm sure George is one of your favorites. He might be your, your all-time favorite. I don't, I don't, I'm not putting words in your mouth. But who are your favorites besides George Graham to, to work with? Well, uh, you know, George is, is a favorite. It's very difficult to pick one guy that, that mm-hmm. I broadcast with. I, I mean, I've had a lot of different uh, guest announcers that I broadcast with. I used to do a lot of Fox games. Uh, on Saturdays, uh, mm-hmm. and work with a, a variety of announcers there. Uh, I've, uh, uh, I, I work with Marty Brenneman uh, back in the days of Channel 5, and I yeah. really enjoyed that. I, I think yeah. Marty is just a special talent, Hall of Famer, deservedly Absolutely. so. Um, one of the best announcers in the history of baseball. It's always an honor to work with him. I really like working with Tom, uh, too. A professional all the way, always prepared. Uh, Tom probably called the big call. 
you know, mm-hmm. the home run, the, the yeah. big time home run, right. as well as anybody in the business. And I really enjoyed those. I would always have to remind myself, just shut up, Chris, you know, and <laughs> let him do the talking. Right. And uh, but I and I and now I enjoy John Sadak. I yes. really do. He comes with a little different uh, amount of energy, a different kind of flair. Uh, but he's um, he's a solid announcer, does his homework and he's ready every day. And he's a, a Star Wars fan. I know he was talking about that last night on the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had a question. So you brought up Marty Burnham at the Hall of Famer. How did – doesn't he refer to you as the Creeper? How did that nickname come around? Marty always tries to hang uh, uh, nicknames on people. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes they don't. That one is going away, fortunately. And yeah. basically it had something to do with, with the, the speed of my fastball being so slow it would creep <laughs> up to the plate. And he was always trying to make fun of me, you know, and so on in a good natured way, because if right. you make fun of somebody, it means you love them. Right. And, right. Uh, and I never took offense at that, but uh, Marty, uh, he tried to get that to stick. Unfortunately, it's going away because it takes some explaining. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now you, you are friends with uh, a, a, a soap opera star. Um, I, if I remember back in the day, I, my mom used to watch days of our lives. And I think yeah. he's John black. It was his name. Then I, I don't know. I just remember, we're going back to when I was in high school. You guys are out in L.A., and all of a sudden he, like, I don't even remember the actor's name, was in the booth with you guys. How did how did you get to become friends with him? And what well, is he was his my name? third baseman. He was my third oh. baseman in college. I oh, was okay. the University of South Florida. He was a baseball player. In fact, he signed a minor league contract with the Yankees. His name was Don Hogerson, oh. and he goes by he goes by Drake Hogerson. He's, it was actually Donald Drake, so it's <laughs> not like he took a stage name. Right, right. Uh, and then. Uh, uh, when he got released out of the Meyer Leagues, he saw an advertisement in New York Times that Hollywood's looking for new faces. And uh-huh. it was kind of a bait and switch ad. And he followed it up and it was an acting workshop. So he got involved in the acting workshop, ended up moving out to L.A., you know, right out of college, unemployed, right. didn't know what to do. And uh, got a job doing some TV commercials and so on. He was on a show called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Hmm. That was a musical half hour sitcom type show. Okay. And it... Um, uh, lasted one season, and he was the only uh, brother that didn't sing or dance. He was like the, big, <laughs> the tough guy, you know, the Western. Right. And right. Uh, and then he got a job uh, in, the, in the soaps uh, with Days of Our Lives, and I think he's still doing it. I mean, he's been doing it for 30-plus years. So uh, he and I have been uh, kind of in our same job for a long time. I talk to him all the time. Uh, great guy, very talented, and, uh, you know, I'm just very happy. Uh, unfortunately, we don't go to L.A. to have him on the air anymore, but yeah. uh, I would if I could. Yeah, that, that was back when the Reds were in the NL West, which I still never understood why we were in the NL West. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's get get, get into uh, John Sadak. I, I, you brought him up earlier, and I actually really have enjoyed his work with you and Barry Larkin on the broadcast this year. I, he, like you say, he brings a, a different kind of energy, and and he's I think he brings an element of of fun to to it. It, it just seems like he just is having a blast. You don't say all of you guys are having a blast when you guys are working. I mean. I, I I really like John Sadek a lot this year. I do too. And I think you, you, what you say about making it fun is very important because what I try to remember, uh, Jeff, when we're broadcasting is that everybody who's watching has issues. Okay. Everybody's got a kid who's having a hard time in school or a mom who's sick or a grandfather that may have just passed away or, you know, just whatever it is. I mean, your dog died. I mean, everybody has issues. And the last thing they want to do when they turn on the TV is hear you complain and get too serious. And Hey, let's just have fun. This is baseball, not brain surgery. And I think John Sadak gets that. He was a very good choice. 
to come in and do these games. And I'm, I'm really enjoying working alongside of him. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun watching guys. And honestly, I, that's the same philosophy I have on my show. There's, you know, so many <laughs> you know, down and dreary things. I just try to have fun with this and, you know, I get to interview guys like you, which I never thought I'd be able to do, which is really cool. Um, so you have your baseball rules Academy up there. Would you like to explain there, but what's, what's, what, what that is. And well, you, on there? you know, I always thought as a broadcaster, since I played, I knew the rules, right. And yeah. we all think that we've been around baseball a little bit. I know that there are a lot of people that play, you know, uh, not hold and then high school and they think, well, I know the rules, you know, I played for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I thought that too, until the first time I'm on, in the booth do, doing a game with George Grant and some kind of crazy play happened on the field. I didn't know what the answer was. I tried looking up in a rule book, couldn't find it, came yeah. back and had to admit to the audience folks. I, I don't know what this, this rule is. And I decided right then and there, I didn't want that to happen to me on a regular basis. So, I started a database uh, where I would put in regular words and those words would link to certain rules in the rule book, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, <clears throat> catcher hits runner with the ball. Right. What happens? Right. right. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I realized very quickly within the first few months that the, the, the baseball rule book is complicated. It's convoluted. It's got a lot of cross references right. and you basically can't find anything in 30 seconds on that rule book. <laughs> So I kind of began a journey to uh, to start a website that had as much information about the rules of baseball as possible. So I've been doing it now for about eight years. It uh, uh, we're getting about four four thousand people a day on my website, um, and uh, we've got hundreds of articles, hundreds of videos. It's a free website to look up any rule you want. Uh, a lot of our blogs and videos and so on, you have a limit of, I think, five per month that you can look at free. And then after that, we want you to become a member. Uh, but we're putting into place uh, all sorts of uh, online learning uh, modules where umpires can go to get certified, where coaches can go to understand the rules. We have rules at different levels, uh, major league rules, college rules, high school, little league, all those things are on there. And uh, all you have to do is dial up baseballrulesacademy.com. And you'll get all the information you want. Well, there you go. Because, yeah, yeah, there's been times where I, I, I can't think of a situation right now. But I'm like, really? That's the rule? I didn't even, I didn't even know that. It's just, you know. Uh, now, the thing. Uh, I, I a question for I, I, yeah, You're a West Side guy. You probably know a lot about baseball. Okay, here's the situation, right? All right, got it. Uh, a guy bunts a ball. Yep. And uh, it's, it's out in front of home plate. And he drops the bat on the way to first base. He's running down to first base. Now the ball rolls into the bat mm -hmm. and then goes into foul territory. Mm. what's the call Ooh, well jeff are you there i'm here i'm here uh <laughs> i'm thinking uh i was let's see here balls in play rolls hits the bat rolls out of play i would think uh, it would be foul maybe because it hit the bat and that would that would uh nullify the the play I, I, I'm not going to let you look that up on Baseball Rules Academy. How's that? <laughs> I, I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. But, I'll, I'll you know, have to check that yeah, I, So there's a lot of rules like that that we don't know about, right? Yeah. And uh, I think it's fun to know those. And by the way, you know, you can win some bar bets uh, with these oh, two. There you go. I'm, I'm all about that. I, I like winning bar bets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, it's been great. I know you said you only got me, can give me 15, 20 minutes. I appreciate you coming on the show. And I, everybody who's watching, go out and check out the Baseball Rules Academy. If you want to know any rules, you can look up the one that Chris just asked me. And other than that, Chris, it's been an honor and a privilege, and we should do this again sometime. 
Well, Jeff, we sure will. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. And I want to uh, uh, thank you for being such a hardcore Reds fan because uh, uh, baseball needs fans. And thanks for spreading the word. No problem. I love my Reds. And I, I think they're going to the playoffs this year. Just putting it out there. I, I think they are, too. All right, Chris. You have a great okay, day. Buddy. Talk to you later. We'll thank you. you. Bye. All right. Well, that was really cool. I'm glad. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Chris Welch. He's got a lot of information about baseball rules, you know, the different broadcasters he worked with, what's going on with the Reds right now. So for all of you that are watching this video, make sure you like and subscribe to my channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Tell all your friends about it. Like I said, I'm at 1,096 subscribers. And other than that, I will be live today at 530 with my boy, Jeremy D. And other than that, oh, wait, hold on. As Jeremy would say, remember one thing and one thing only. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. So act like it. Who day? Go Reds. And that's just sports, baby. See ya!